Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Sarah Gulseth. We have some inspiring stories to tell you today, but first I'd like to thank our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for their support of Faith and Family. To find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin, you can go to our website, kfuo.org, and look for the CUW logo in the sponsor section. With me in studio today is Rich Robertson, President and CEO of LCEF, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We're going to chat a little while about what LCEF has been up to lately. And uh, it's been a little while since we've had you on, Rich. So thanks for uh, coming over to talk with us today. Sarah, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So uh, remind our listeners of LCEF's long history with the LCMS. You bet. You know, you know LCEF has, in fact, that uh, very strong roots within the LCMS, and it really dates back to 1902. Oh, wow. And that is when, essentially, some forward-thinking individuals within congregations back at that time wanted to assist a neighboring congregation, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to provide some resources for some of the growth that that this other congregation was experiencing. And really, that is the birth, if you would, of the whole concept of the uh, LCEF. And from that, Every district within the LCMS began creating, if you would, and developed uh, funds that they would provide for resources for growth of ministries within their specific areas. And uh, that that reached many, many years and some very significant uh, dollar growth that uh, essentially about 35 years ago, about in, in 1978, there was a synod resolution that formed the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, which was essentially uh, the umbrella organization for all of these funds if they chose chose to join LCEF. Okay. So back in 1978, uh, LCEF was essentially just a, a zero or small organization. And today we, we have 30 members, districts, there's five that continue to have a independent CEF, and they're doing very well and are very successful in doing it that way. But uh, essentially, we're now that $1.8 billion uh, organization with a fund that supports the res- with re- our resources, the ministries of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. That's a impressively sized organization. It is. And, and you know, uh, we do not take it for granted, Sarah. We, we know that the mission of LCEF and its importance to our, to our church body. And, uh, and every day we, we praise God for just the gifts that we have through all the members, the 60,000 investors that we have that, that provide us with those resources sure. that allow us to do what we do. And so the cornerstone of the LCEF mission is still the same thing, to provide loans to ministries? Loans to ministries is certainly the core of LCEF, mm-hmm. but over time we've we've expanded beyond that. Okay, uh, we've been able to in in the last uh, decade in particular be a holistic partner for individual church members, congregations, ministries, and especially our rostered church workers. Mm-hmm. So what we're essentially providing are other resources, non financial resources. So we have, uh, for example, Labors for Christ is very well known within mm-hmm. the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. They are part of the of uh, the LCEF, and they provide that physical capability of building uh, at, at a much more reasonable uh, amount of dollars than what we would find with 
local contractors in some of the markets. But then there's other things that we have as well as kind of strategic planning processes. Mm-hmm. It's something we call Vision Path. And, uh, and then we also have our uh, capital funding service group. We have demographics. All of this is under the umbrella of ministry support. And it's a group, a team of uh, very high professionals that provide these added services as needed as congregations are looking to, to do certain things within their community and support of, of their community. And, uh, and also, uh, one, of, one of the bigger areas that we've seen in growth has been uh, the work we do with our roster church workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, LCEF uh, developed a roster church worker loan program oh. uh, about, uh, I'm going to say about 12, 15 years or so ago. And uh, from that, uh, it blossomed about over a $110 million fund that we have that provides these resources to our roster church workers. So wow. there's a, over 2,000 or so roster church workers that benefit from the lending program that we have available to them. And the reason why it's important for roster church workers is because we understand roster church workers. Sure. We, we, they're part of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they were to go to their secular bank and kind of talk about what they do and the resources they have and all that, uh, they'd be challenged a lot more. They'd be required to have PMI insurance and things of that nature that Mm -hmm. add just more costs to already a challenged group of individuals. So LCEF has been able to kind of be a much better partner to them. And, uh, and we are just so proud to be, to go alongside them because we know the awesome work that they do on a day in day out basis. Sure. It it does make a a difference when you're in that kind of situation, looking for a loan to have to have somebody on the other side of the table that that understands your situation and what you're going through, and 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 they tell us that, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and they demonstrate that to us as well. You know, our, our delinquency rate, which is something that financial institutions have to uh, measure, is essentially non-existent with wow. our roster church workers. Uh, they they are dedicated to us as we are dedicated to them. I want you to know. Sure, that's amazing. So recently, uh, and some of our listeners may have heard on Monday our interviews with. Uh, the Concordia University students. Uh, we had those students uh, here at the International Center for the National Student Marketing Competition, which is an event that LCEF hosts. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that event. Actually, we started this event about six years or so ago. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we started it is because we were trying to understand how to attract younger investors to LCEF. And, you know, the team of LCEF, I like to think we're all brilliant, but we came up with a, with, a, with a way of doing it and we said, why don't we invite them to come and talk to us and give us some insights? Yeah. And lo and behold, we created this competition. Essentially what we do is we give them a case study uh, and the case study usually has something to do with LCEF <laughs> and, and they basically use that time during their quarter uh, and, and it's usually a marketing uh, class, usually uh, more in the junior or senior uh, time frame of these students. And they, they, they have access to LCEF to ask questions, and they basically develop uh, a strategy to address that case study. And when we first started this, as I said, about uh, six years or so ago, uh, we had three of the Concordia universities uh, part of the first one. And it was, it was wonderful. It was a nice start. It was a good way of trying to learn from it. And then the second year, we had five Concordias. Wow. And then after that, that year, uh, we had all nine Concordia universities and have always had nine ever since. That's impressive. And 
It, it really is. And, and I have to tell you, personally, it is one of the most exciting days for me to have all these students. They're teams of five. They have facilitators, which are usually a, somewhat a prof that is uh, kind of assigned to this particular group. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they come in here in their Sunday best. Mm-hmm. And they get on a stage. There's usually about 100 people observing them. There's a panel of judges that are also um, judging them for, for their uh, for their vision in terms of answering that case study. And uh, and they do just a phenomenal job of mm-hmm. providing all kinds of insights, research. They provide uh, commercials. They provide apps to us. They, they're giving us all kinds of – we get so much more out of it than, uh, than they could ever imagine. And every year there's a nugget that we use in terms mm-hmm. of uh, part of what we'll market – uh, for the future of LCEF. So it's not only just a, a test for them, but it's also a test for us to find those things that we see that have great applications for what it is that we're doing. Yeah. So uh, so this year did not disappoint either. The students every year just get better and better, and you think they've already reached nirvana, but they, they, they every year they prove us wrong, and it's just phenomenal in terms of what they do. And yeah. LCEF, the whole organization, also is engaged in it. It's not just the students. All of uh, all of LCEF participates by um, going alongside these students. They uh, they bring them in. We bring them in for two nights. We try to make them feel comfortable here in St. Louis. We take them on tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always somebody with them to help them and things that we do. There's just a whole host of things that the LCEF uh, employee base wants to do to encourage these students to really uh, be spectacular. And might I also add, I think in the last, uh, since we started this, I think we've hired three of the students uh, as well. So it's not, it's it's really a commitment on both parties' part. And uh, and it's been absolutely phenomenal over the years. That's really cool. And we had... We had some of them in studio on some tours, and the the level of poise was just—it's really cool to see from from those college students. They really—they were owning that that moment. It, and you have to see the comprehensive uh, campaign that they put together. I mean, it's uh, what we do is we assign them. We say, okay, there's uh, you're you're able to spend three hundred thousand dollars to develop this campaign. Now, clearly, we don't give them three hundred thousand dollars, but mm-hmm. we 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 have them budget, if you would, all of the activities that they're associated with, and the diligence that they do uh, in terms of uh, the budget side, the creative side. Again, I can't speak enough of how outstanding these Concordia University students are, which, by the way, speaks incredibly well about our university system. Yes. Uh, Our university system is rich, and uh, they demonstrate that to us when they come here with us. Yes. So who ended up winning? Well, you you want, it's like you want the, (laughs) you want the answer, the last chapter of the book, or you want to, you don't want to see the movie, you want me to tell you about it. Well, I I, I can share it because it is is public knowledge, but let me, let me share with you a little bit about each one of the winners. There's, there's three winners. They do get an award. The school gets an award from LCEF, but the third place winner was Concordia College in New York. Mm -hmm. And they had a solid campaign that they called Rooted in Faith, Growing Through Partnership. And the campaign centered around the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, mm. and urging that churches grow to it was ascent, growth was essential in support of the next 500 years. And uh, and again, the campaign was truly an outstanding one. They had uh, a lot of different components to it, involving the communities, not only locally within New York, but anywhere else in the United States. So uh, it was very rich. And third place was was certainly an honor for them, and uh, they did a great job. And then as, as we move on, second place, mm-hmm. uh, Irvine, who always seems to place within the top three, placed again this year. 
they presented a campaign involving two compelling videos, one with a starring role for me, believe it or not. They, <laughs> they even got somebody that, that was like me, at least. I, I pity that poor individual, but uh, they did. They had print ads. Uh, they had fantastic taglines like, and now a prayer for the roof fund is one. Because they, you got to remember that this was all about our church improvement loan, how to reach out further within the LCMS to educate about the opportunities to help improve their infrastructure uh, and to take care of it through a church improvement loan that LCF is launching, uh, had, had launched over the last several months. Okay. So they did a great job. And finally, uh, there was a repeat winner oh. of first place, which is highly unusual, I want you to know. Wow. The judges, uh, the judges were difficult this year, and they always are, uh, but uh, Texas took that first place again. And they wowed the judges with a, a coordinated campaign built around direct mail, a web community for churches on lcf.org, and church maintenance tracking software, wow. which kind of helps each of the congregations know when it's specific time to do the work that needs to happen so that uh, they care for the facilities in which they have uh, their challenge. And to top it all off, Texas team conducted... Uh, concluded with what we what they had was a golden hard hat award to the best church facility manager and they were going to give an award to that church facility manager as well so they were giving out golden hard hats uh and that was kind of a unique component that they had as well so just really some really awesome stuff and uh and we're just so proud of those students in terms of what they did yeah. Do you feel like you accomplished uh, what you set out to do with this competition? You know, we really have. And uh, again, it's it's a partnership that we have with the mm -hmm. Concordias. I think we benefit far more than the Concordias <laughs> do, but I, I shouldn't be saying that um, because now they'll be asking more of us. But uh, but I have to tell you, it is it is just phenomenal in terms of seeing what that community can can provide us and the students you know when we first did this the first year uh, one of the areas that they told us that we were woeful in at lcef was social media oh. they, in fact i remember one student saying to us you know i think all of you think that texting is social media <laughs> and, and and by the way that individual is right because that's the way we looked at it uh -huh. and as a result of that we actually developed a social media department. And today, if you go out on, on uh, Twitter, if you go out on mm -hmm. Facebook, if you go out on Instagram, you're going to see a lot of activity, if you would, with LCEF. And, uh, and we have our own department now, and there's blogs that we have. And we're just in areas that, to be candid with you, not a lot of the agencies of the LCMS are. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it's giving us greater access to a younger audience mm -hmm. to, to learn more about LCEF. So that's just one example. And again, we hired, we hired people even within the community that, we, that was telling us this to help us along in developing this. So it, was, uh, it, it really does make a difference for LCEF. That's great. That's great. So, so a minute ago, you mentioned the uh, church improvement program. Can you tell me a little bit more about that one? Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very simple program. What we're trying to do is to just to build awareness on infrastructure needs of congregations. And we're not talking about, you know, building an addition. What we're talking about is caring for the facilities that we have where, where as many of us know, when, when budgets are tight, there's certain areas that are kind of looked upon to kind of will postpone. Mm -hmm. And then the next year you postpone and then you postpone it again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, 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 and at a certain point, 
the infrastructure really starts to to, to wear, mm-hmm. and uh, bigger challenges happen. So what we're trying to do is share with uh, with our church body and and with borrowers, potential borrowers, the opportunity to borrow at a very low rate with LCEF, to give that opportunity to to make some of those improvements, those minor improvements, uh, give a, a short term low interest loan that will allow for for those things to happen. So we're, we're just trying to build more than anything an awareness. We we also have the capability of having people come into the congregations and giving an assessment of, of the facilities. Oh, wow. And that way uh, we can definitely hone in on some of the more important things that need to get done if that hasn't been looked at for some time by the congregations. But I'll tell you what, the thing to do is to go to lcef.org. I'm uh, I'm not a particularly good salesman, so I'm not going to try to try to make that happen. So if you just go to www.lcf.org, put in church improvement loan or program, and I think you'll find a lot. And then from that, you'll probably find a phone number to call. And uh, I encourage you to make that phone call and to uh, to learn more about it. Sure, sure. And that sounds like a really you know a lot of churches just don't really have the the means or, or ability to be able to, to do those kinds of improvement projects or they know that something needs to be done but can't really figure out how to do it themselves. So that that's a really great, great, let, great program. Let, let me share with you that really uh, one of the greatest assets that LCF has amongst uh, its employee base is, uh, is the ability to talk to people at LCEF. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk to people at LCEF, all you got to do is dial 800-843- Five two three three, and let me tell you who's going to pick up the phone. You, you, we have info reps that are spectacular. They know it. They know things that 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 everyone they have the answers that people are uh, are seeking. Uh, they have in front of them all the information that anyone needs, and and they are the most delightful people that you'd want to talk to. And I sometimes go into their area just to listen to them. What's really interesting is the, the relationships that they've developed over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times when they are just laughing with those in which they're, <laughs> they're talking to. And might I add, there's also times in which they're crying. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes those that pass or those that they've been close to, they learn of the passing. And it's also difficult for them because they've developed such a close relationship with those in which we uh, work with. Sure. And that have provided these resources to allow us to do what we do. So calling that number, 800-843-5233, that is the number that gets you to those info reps. And you will not be disappointed in the conversations you're going to have with them. That's wonderful. And tell them Rich sent you. <laughs> of course. There you go. Okay, so before we close, we've got we've got a little bit of time left. We we need to talk about your announced departure from LCEF and the uh, the search process that's going on for the new LCEF president and CEO. Yes, and um, just to for those that may not have learned, and I'm sure there's plenty, uh, I announced uh, at our fall leadership conference that was held in Schaumburg, Illinois, in November that I will be passing the baton of the leadership of LCEF to the next person that God has chosen to run this incredible organization. And uh, and the reason for my decision really is twofold. I, I kind of have a self-imposed uh, limit in terms of t- time limit that I think a CEO needs to be in place. And I always had in the back of my mind that eight years was going to be that time frame. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a good time for the next individual to come in and to take the organization to that next level that God's got planned for him. And, uh, and that there's no entitlement uh, to be there for the next 
20 or 30 mm -hmm. years. So it's somewhat of a self-imposed one, but probably the bigger of the reasons has a lot to do with the fact that my family is mostly located in the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. And while St. Louis is a delightful place to live, and, uh, and it's not as humid as what Atlanta can be during the <laughs> summer months, uh, the fact of the matter is my children and all and, and my wife and that's kind of the center of the Robertson household. So we're going to kind of go back uh, and be more of a family uh, in a one location. And I really look forward to spending time with my kids and, and certainly more time with my wife uh, being in Atlanta on a more permanent basis. So we have a home down there, and we're just going to kind of move our way back to our home in, in Atlanta. So that's, that's really the whole reason. I have to tell you, though, it, it is not a particularly easy decision on my part. Mm -hmm. After eight years, uh, I've fallen in love with many, if not all, the people at LCEF and kind of how they've they've helped me grow in what I do. And, uh, and they've given me a smile many, many days because of the incredible work that they do. Uh, I couldn't do what I'm doing if it wasn't for all these wonderful saints at LCEF. So with that, somebody else is going to come in and enjoy what I've been able to enjoy for the last eight years. And the search process has been underway actually since that time, since okay. October. The board of directors of LCEF have been engaged in it. The executive committee is actually the search committee for LCEF. Mm -hmm. And they have already begun a, an extensive interviewing of candidates. And, uh, and I'm sure through a prayer, which we ask all that are listening to also continue to pray for the process, that uh, that individual will be found and, and will be God-pleasing. And, uh, and I'm sure they will be able to take LCEF to incredibly new heights. Sure, sure. So when does the transition happen? Actually, as, as soon as they hire the individual, I will work with that individual alongside it until October the 1st. Okay. And then at that, at that date on October the 1st is when... I, in fact, will uh, pass the baton. I, I purposely say passing the baton because I'm not sure I'm ready to retire. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll discover what God's plans are for me as I kind of pass that baton and see see if there's any other batons out there. Sure. So the, that's the kind next, of the plan. The next stage in, in your life. And then it sounds like that's going to be uh, very heavily family-focused. And, and, it, and it should be. Uh, I think it's time that I, I have more of that. Uh, than, than perhaps what I've been able to dedicate in recent years. Sure, sure. Is there a, a favorite, oh, I don't know, responsibility or, or moment that's happened over the last eight years that, that you just look back on with, with a whole lot of, of joy? You know, I've had the opportunity to travel in many different parts of the world. I, I am, I'm one of the few, I shouldn't say the few, there's actually quite a few at LCEF that do, does a lot of traveling, but I, I get to see it in a much broader view sure. because I travel, the extent is, is, is very deep. And I get to see the incredible work of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. You know, we, we all have our challenges and, there's a, and we can all complain about something. Mm -hmm. but, but when I've, I've seen certain things that we should all just be so proud that we are part of this church body that is doing incredible things yeah. throughout the entire world. So I've, I've traveled to Vietnam, I've traveled to Cambodia, I've been to China, I've been to uh, Africa, and the work of some of these missionaries that are out there yeah. that are doing things beyond what I could be doing and, uh, and, and my appreciation for that work. Uh, so seeing that along with seeing what the folks at LCEF do and how it kind of comes all together in terms of the resources that are provided for the, the sharing of the gospel can happen throughout the entire world sure. has just been an awesome thing for me. 
So it's not one specific. Yeah. I could I could cite millions of them because <laughs> I've had the experiences to do just that. Yeah. It's it can be very uh humbling to to be a part of an organization that does that does that work around the world. I know um being here in this in this uh capacity um, talking with the missionaries that, that you mentioned around the world and, and being able to, to really f- understand the work that they do and, and that we're a part of, of something so much bigger than, than just, uh, you know, me or, or my church body. It's, it's a much larger network of, of people. I've, I've seen all three of the Concordia International Schools in Asia. Oh, wow. And, and those schools are incredible in terms of what they are doing within those those specific communities. And to think that there's just all of these people and infrastructure going on out there is yeah. just mind-blowing, I want you to know. And I'll give one, one quick example. Uh, We've got what, about 20 seconds. Okay. I was in China. <laughs> I was able to go to a chapel service of, of the uh, school in Shanghai. And these kids, 400 kids, are, are just loving it at a chapel service. Yeah. I had to pinch myself because... Here I am in China, and there's a chapel service yeah. going on. Awesome stuff. It's incredible. Yep. Well, Rich Robertson, President and CEO of LCEF, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, thank you so much for being my guest today. It was great being here with you, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, more Faith and Family coming up next. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Kellyanne Conway is known for being Donald Trump's campaign manager and now a senior advisor to the president. She's passionately pro-life, but wasn't always so. Many people want to end abortion because they've seen or experienced the other side of this life and death battle. In Kellyanne's case, the encounter dates back to her teenage years. She helped pay for the abortion of a friend. During an interview, she said... Do I know anybody who ever got an abortion? Well, of course I do. I've driven them there. I've helped pay. If you've been involved in some way with a past abortion, first understand there's full forgiveness for a repentant heart. Then use your experience to help others. Those who've been there in some way have added credibility with those facing a crisis. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Hi, we're Jonathan, Matthew, and Nathaniel Clayton. We listen to KFO every chance we get. One of the shows we like is Thy Strong Word, hosted by Pastor Whedon. One thing I love about Thy Strong Word is how they are able to tie in what great church fathers have said about the passages. I like that Thy Strong Word gets through a whole chapter of the Bible each day and shows the things you never even knew were there. What I like about Thy Strong Word is that Pastor Whedon, the host, is fun and always energetic as he studies the text. We would encourage you to listen to KFUO every chance you get, just, just like, like we, we do. do. 
God's word is our great heritage and shall be ours forever. I'm William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. We romp through the sacred scriptures, rejoicing in the salvation that is ours in Jesus Christ. Thy Strong Word, weekday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Underwritten by Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Visit them on the web at lhfmissions.org. Sarcoma. Odds are you've never heard that word before. For the 40 people diagnosed with sarcoma every day, it is a life-changing word because sarcoma is cancer. Through awareness, advocacy, and research, the Sarcoma Foundation of America is bringing hope to the families whose lives have been turned upside down by a cancer they had never heard of until diagnosis. Please join us in the fight to find the cure for sarcoma. For more information on the work of the Sarcoma Foundation of America, go to curesarcoma.org. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it, so can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Does your church need help to discover its true mission? Hi, this is Rich Robertson, President and CEO of the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. It happens to all of us. At some point in our lives, we get distracted, confused, or maybe even burned out, and eventually we lose focus. So it's nice to know at times like these that you have a partner at LCEF. Our ministry support services can help your church clarify its mission so it enjoys sustained health and growth. Learn more at www.lcef.org. In 1924, we embraced the new technology of that day, radio. Since that day, we've stayed on the cutting edge of technology. There are many easy ways to listen to Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the gospel of Christ in both word and song. Now, that's why you should listen. The where and the how, well, that's up to you. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Listening to Faith and Family, I'm Andy Bates. Every year, Laborers for Christ serves people around the country in a number of ways, but particularly through building projects and building relationships. Joining me by phone today, the Vandercar family, to share their Laborers for Christ story. Mike and Verna have been serving as Laborers for Christ. Thanks so much for joining us by phone today. Thank you. Thank you. Privileged to have you with us today. Tell us a little bit about the Vandercar family. Uh, I know, uh, you know, have a personal connection to the Vandercar family through uh, our connection with Camp Luther Haven, but uh, I know there's so much more to the Vandercar family than that. Tell us a little bit about the Vandercar family today. Well, we have four children, and we're expecting our number 14th grandchild. We have our oldest son, Joshua, and Adrian, and then Luke. Is married to Tammy, and David is married to Whitney, and Shell is married to James Rockhill, who is a pastor out in the Nebraska-Wyoming district. We've always been involved in camp ministry, so um, when we got called to work for camp, for Camp Okoboji, for Labors for Christ, we were pretty excited about that. <laughs> 
when so so when did you first when was it that you first learned about laborers for Christ? Where were you in life when you first started learning about laborers for Christ? Yeah, we were back at Trinity um, in Lowell, Trinity Lutheran in Lowell, Indiana, and there was a couple that had come back from laborers, and this was back in the eighties, and. They told us about it, and I told Mike, when we retire, that is something that I really want to do. And all through the years, we just remembered labors and had it just in the back of our minds. And when Mike retired, we were still thinking about doing labors, and we had built our house, and it was like we were ready, and God called us. <laughs> we, we also had an opportunity to work on a labors project as a volunteer, uh, in about 2002, when uh, Grace Lafayette, Grace Lutheran Church in Lafayette, Indiana, uh, built a new sanctuary, and they had a labor crew come in and do that sanctuary for them. So we were uh, attending Grace on weekends, and our kids were all down in Lafayette at Purdue, and we would go there on the weekends and help help them build their their sanctuary. So that gave us a good a good introduction into the laborers program when that project was going on also. What was it about your involvement with laborers there? What did you experience in that project at uh, Grace Lutheran in Lafayette, Indiana, that uh, that made you think, this is something we'd like to do more in the future? Well, I think we saw the laborers uh, get together and do their devotion every day and they just had a bond that was close. They prayed together, and it it was just something that I thought, wow, everybody's working for the same goal, just building for his glory, and it just was an awesome experience. What were the kinds of things that they were working on? What were the kinds of things they were doing? You mentioned that uh, they were building a, a new sanctuary, I believe. What were the kinds yes. of projects that the, what were the types of labor they were doing? Well, I I was working on I did ceramic tile in the bathrooms. That was my that was that was one of the big things I did, other than uh, cutting cutting wood and stuff like that. <laughs> they did pretty much all of the carpentry work on on that job. Also, um, a lot of the mechanical and electrical plumbing work was done by contractors. The laborers basically they built the sanctuary, you know, and. Uh, it was a big project. It was probably one of labor's larger projects, but uh, it really went well. They had a lot of volunteer help from the from the congregation, which is which is important, and good support from from the community and the church church at large. There, you know. So, where did you go from that project at Grace? What was your next connection with Laborers for Christ? <laughs> We really didn't have one until I retired, and uh, that was <clears throat> three years ago. And we wanted to start on a laborers project, get involved with laborers, but we uh, we needed a place to live first. And so we chose to build our retirement home before we went to work for laborers. And when we came to the got that done. Uh, we didn't have a motor home to live in, which most laborers do. And this job came up at Camp Okoboji. They were looking for laborers. They were looking for a project manager. And I said, we've not done either one, but we're willing to try if you can use this. And they said, yes, come. 
<laughs> so they had housing. We didn't have to worry about a motorhome at Camp Okaboji up in uh, northwest Iowa. And so we jumped in the car and went there and went to work. It was great. We loved it. Now, it, it sounds like you were excited about going to a camp. What's your connection to, uh, how, what was your exposure to camps prior to going to Okaboji? Our children were able to grow up going to camp. My, neither Mike or I, we had we had gone to a couple just different day camps or something like that it, when we were younger, but not not got to experience the Lutheran camp for you know a week at a time. But our children did uh, from the time they could go, um, and then they were all um, counselors and. Joshua was an impact ministry worker, and now David's the executive director down here at Camp Lakeview. And so camp, camp ministry is pretty uh, important to us and really in our hearts. How would you say it was a part of uh, your vocation as parents in raising your children in the Christian faith? Oh, the, the camp was a very important part of, of uh, who our children were growing up and who they became in their in their later lives we give a lot of credit to the to the camp ministries uh we always kind of felt Vern and i that uh, why are the kids having all the fun we can't <laughs> well when we had opportunity to go to work for laborers i said this is our turn to go to go to a camp and this just happened to be at camp okaboji which was a outdoor ministry camp but i i think any of the laborers projects where the people go and, and stay in their in their RVs is, is similar experience to what our our children got to experience in a camp environment. And just being around uh, uh, people with the same beliefs that you have on a daily basis, and spending time in fellowship with them, uh, it just uh, it's something that is almost indescribable experience until you've done it. But, um, the camp background is what fueled a lot of that, and, and we give all credit to Camp Luther Haven, Camp Lakeview, uh, all the outdoor ministry camps across the United States. They do a great job. And to what God has done in their lives. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So your kids had great camp experiences, and now it was your turn to, to head to camp. You head to Camp exactly. Okaboji. Exactly. Uh, I felt like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> you were as excited as a little kid going to camp. You get to Camp Okaboji. What were the projects that they had for you uh, that were waiting for you when you got there? Well, when we first got there, I, I signed up to be the project manager. They were having trouble finding even someone to fill that position. So I've never done it before, but I have confidence that I can and they uh, recruited a retired project manager, Bob Natsky. He was from up by Green Bay, Wisconsin. He had been a project manager on like 20 projects. He came over and spent a couple weeks with me to just get me started, get me oriented to what some of the project manager's responsibilities were. And the first month up at Camp Okaboji, we had inclement weather and they couldn't get going on the project. So, I had a lot of time to spend with Bob and also just getting my feet on the ground, getting wet as to what needs to be done, you know, through the management end of the of the job. And uh, it wasn't until we got there the first part of September, 
the first part of October, we finally got to start building. And that's when I called my our labor's crew in. And uh, we built a 5,500-square-foot, I think they were calling it activity center. Discover center. Yeah. And it uh, encompassed uh, a large meeting room and then six uh, kind of like satellite rooms around the perimeter of the building that they're going to use for their summer camp for craft activities, uh, just for gathering spaces for the, the youth to gather in inclement weather or different activities in the off-season. They're planning on using it for small retreat groups and different uh, community activities where they can have space to rent out and uh, just draw people into the camp and bring more people into their camp. So you had the privilege of of, uh, being the project manager for this and seeing this project, uh, seeing this, this project through? Yes, it, we 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 had to leave before the project. There was about a month left on the project to uh, before its completion. They're going to have their dedication on Memorial Day, but we had commitments back in Indiana in April. A couple weddings we had to come to, and this and that. So we left the project at the end of March. I had one of the laborers that lived a couple hours from camp that had been coming up through the week to work. And he took over as project manager for me to finish out the job. But we got to see it through to the point where the drywall was finished. The painting was just being completed when, when we left. They had cabinets and interior doors and stuff to hang yet, but it was pretty near completion. Tell me about those you met while you were working on this project at Camp Okoboji. I'm sorry, Andy. I didn't hear that. Tell me about the the people you met while you were there. Oh, oh, that's the best part. Our uh, team, we had eight different couples on the whole project, and they were from um, Wyoming, Minnesota, Colorado, Michigan, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, and Indiana. And... It was just, every day we'd get up and we'd go to work and we'd pray together before we started. And then we'd do our, we'd work and then break and have devotions together. And then we'd work until 4.30 and then we'd have our uh, um, fellowship time together afterwards before we all split and went to our own cabins for dinner. But it's just, you can't imagine the closeness that you feel working side by side together with people for seven months and experiencing what you get to experience together. (laughs) I miss them. (laughs) (laughs) All of the people on our crew were retired men men or women. We had uh, one one gentleman was a, his career was as an appliance salesman. Another school teacher. We had a retired national guardsman. We had a retired uh, aeronautical engineer a civil engineer, and one man that owned a plumbing business that he sold to his children. And then we had one other fellow that worked for the uh, electric company. So we had, and I sold heavy equipment for a living, so we had quite an array of uh, men and women from different backgrounds, Uh, nobody that really had much construction experience. But every day when we would encounter a problem. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? 
somebody would have an answer. And if they didn't, we'd wait a day or two, and God would just send an answer to us. It was awesome to see God's hand working throughout the whole project. Whenever we had a need come up, if you didn't know how you were going to fill it or how it was going to come together, you wait a couple of days, pray on it, and an answer would come. And you'd just like, oh, there it is. So you really got to draw on the different experiences of the, the team members, but others as well, and other resources. Mike, tell me a little bit about your career and the experience that, that you brought to this project. Well, I guess the, my, my career is in construction equipment sales. I had uh, the background not necessarily in building construction and that, but more road building equipment. I think the, the skills that I use most uh, in the project up there, it was just uh, organizing, um, looking out for details. That's what Bob Natsky would tell me. That you're going to do good at this because you're detail-oriented. When we, when I would sell a piece of construction equipment to a, a county highway department or to a contractor, that's what they were all about. How much work is it going to do for me in a day's time? And they would want to know all the details on the machine. And so... I had that background, some computer skills as far as organizing books and keeping records, and that was the, the type of stuff I needed to use in that project management position to, to keep everything on track, to keep all the subs lined up, the accounting in order, the invoicing of the of the jobs. Uh, there was a lot more work than I thought going in. I was hoping I'd be able to have a hammer in my hand more than I did, but that didn't happen. I didn't put my work belt on until probably when we were had maybe a couple of weeks left in the job. All the other laborers took over. My wife did more work than I did, probably physical labor on the job, but it was uh, it was just awesome to see all those skills come together and we up. <laughs> Verna, tell me about what you brought to this project and the things that you got to work on while you were there. Well, the guys, the guys were calling me a sawyer. I didn't know what a sawyer was, but I was one. <laughs> I cut 90% of the boards that went into that building. So <laughs> they would give me the measurements and I would cut them. Um, I did whatever needed to be done. I mean, we had built our house, so I was, uh, I knew how to do uh, different stuff. And so I even got to work out on, on the lift. I learned how to, how to run the scissor lift. And so I was doing that and just kind of did whatever needed to be done wherever I needed to be. So you, bro- you both brought experience, whether it was from a career or from uh, previous projects that you, personal projects, building your home, uh, you both brought experience and uh, also gained some meaningful relationships from this project, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. We're, we, I'm kind of going through withdrawal. I miss my friends. I, I mean, it's hard to say goodbye because you don't know. We, we always said, we said to them, we'll... We're not going to say goodbye. We're going to say see you later because hopefully it'll be on another project for Laborers for Christ someday. <laughs> do you do you stay in touch with your friends from Laborers for yep. Christ? Yep. <laughs> I got a bir- birthday card and calls on my birthday from a couple of them. And yeah, there was, a, well, one of the women that I was closest with was from Cheyenne, Wyoming. And it was because she was one of the um, rostered laborers that worked 
with me, you know, with, with the hands-on building. Some of the other um, wives that come on the project, they either like to work for the camp if they have office work, or some of them are, are just there with their husbands and not actually doing uh, work. But uh, Linda Huckfelt was um, the one that worked with me the most, and we really became close forever friends. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, were there any stories from this project? Uh, any uh, anything that happened on this project that that makes a great story that you want to share um, that that you'll carry with you from this project as you look at perhaps future projects? Well, I think one of them, um, one of the things that we got to do too while we were waiting for the roofers or waiting for different contractors to come in, and we were running out of work. We got to build a gazebo out on the lake. On this, We were at Spirit Lake. It was Lake Okoboji. It was over 4,000-acre lake. It's called the Great Lakes in Iowa. I didn't even know there were, were Great Lakes in <laughs> Iowa, but it was a beautiful setting. And we built a big gazebo out on the lake. And when we left there, I thought, I just, we, we were so happy to be doing work and in our spare time, not even wanting to sit in our cabins and not work, that we all came together and did this little project that really wasn't meant to be, but we we just all came together and then were able to enjoy it out on the lake together before we left. Um, yeah, that's probably one of my things that I remember that was awesome. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. We did. Kidding, kidding each other with the different... Uh, uh, dialects that we'd have, or our, <laughs> our way of speaking, our accent. Accent. That's what I was looking for. Gone became Don, <laughs> and we had nicknames for some of the different labors. We had a Judy, and there was no Judy on our job. <laughs> See, um, just the bantering back and forth between between each other. A uh, couple of the labors kept giving me a hard time about put them on the roof during the coldest day of the year and make them work outside on the roof. And we just <laughs> had a, a, it was a great crew that nobody got uptight about anything because like I say, they were all there for the right reasons to serve God. And we just got along great together. The crew just, just came together as brothers and sisters and we had an awesome experience. And we still will kid each other about, Oh, you mean Dawn or Don? Yeah. And we actually did, did have, have a Dawn and a Don. We did have a Dawn and Don. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a great experience. The camaraderie that comes out like that was awesome. You had a great experience on uh, your first official project with Laborers for Christ. Uh, your yeah. involvement with them, uh, it sounds like it's it's just been fantastic. Plans for uh, to get on a future project with Laborers for Christ? Yeah, we we told them we wanted to, Mike actually got asked to be for project manager for a couple projects before we even left Iowa. They wanted us out in Virginia in May, and we we need to be home with our family for a little bit. And so we're going to take a little bit of a break and enjoy our lakefront um, for the summer, and then we'll see in the fall what the Lord has in store for us. 
and then who knows, maybe off to another camp or a church, a uh, congregation yeah. setting, and uh, help with another project there. For people who who now have the gift of time, you mentioned that uh, the the team that you were with uh, were mostly, if not all, retired and had this gift of of time. For those who are now finding themselves with this gift of time or looking forward to having that that gift of time, uh, who might be thinking of serving as laborers for Christ, what's your advice? If you can do it, do it. <laughs> if you have that luxury of being able to leave, and and uh, it's just an experience that just just can't be explained, and it, if you have the opportunity to do it, I would really encourage retired, newly retired um, people to Join laborers. Join laborers for Christ. We need laborers. You don't have to be a skilled craftsman. People, we had one guy, one of our volunteers that came to our job. The, the first day he, he said he'd never ran a nail gun and he'd never run a skill saw before. But he was willing to learn. And he ended up coming out almost every day helping us. And by the end of the project, he was the go-to guy for a lot of stuff. You would go to him, I'm not sure this, give me a hand with this. And, and he was right on it. I mean, he, he learned a lot, I think. And we really, really enjoyed having him on the project. And there's just people like, like that that they're, they're willing, to, willing to learn. Um, test yourself and that will give, you give you the time and give you the, you know, It'll make it possible. <laughs> so, anyway. and, oh, Andy, I want to say thank you to Camp Okaboji and all their staff there. They were fantastic. We got really close with some of the office staff, and and um, it was it was a neat experience. They just opened up their arms to us and welcomed us and just helped us with anything and everything that we needed. Well, I'm glad you had a great experience with Laborers for Christ at Camp Okaboji in Iowa and uh, glad that they now have a new building that will serve them and those who come to visit Camp Okaboji in the future as well. It sounds like a a win-win situation. The laborers got to uh, come and use their their gifts and talents to serve in a great way and uh, build some very meaningful relationships. And the camp now has uh, a great facility to use to serve those who will be visiting camp in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Thank you, Andy. It was great talking with you. It was a pleasure to have you with us, Mike and Vern of Vandercar, Laborers for Christ. God's blessings on your service. Enjoy your summer and uh, whatever lies ahead in the fall. Thank you. Thank you. Rejoice. <laughs> Rejoice. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.